Welcome to the Word of a King podcast. It's where culture clashes with our calling, where preaching is more important than popularity, where we rightly divide and properly apply the scriptures, where we put to rest common and controversial issues. We do this by looking to the Word of a King. The key to understand the Word of God is for the author to show you what the thing says. If you understand that book, you get for the author. Then he opened their understanding. Welcome back to another edition of the Word of a King podcast. I am your host, Chad Reese, and with me, co-host, Brother Brian Bean. My brother, it's been a little bit since we've done one of these podcasts. I think uh, at least a month and a half, two months. Yeah. And uh, we've had a lot going on since then. Uh, let's see what are some of the things that we've done. We've uh, traveled Cincinnati. That was a, that was a good time. Did you enjoy that? Amen. Yeah. Went pr- did some street preaching ministry. Showed our um, awake street ministry to another church, brother John Elam. Amen. Good brother in the Lord. Uh, had a work down there. Yeah, absolutely. So that was a good time. I, I really like the fact that our young folks are plugging in, getting involved, and excited about the things of God. And that's a blessing to see. They're out there street preaching, you know, whenever we go now. So that's good. Um, a big thing, too, the reason that we've uh, kind of slowed down a little bit in regards to the podcast is we've started back a semester of Lighthouse Bible Institute. And Brother Brian, you're uh, teaching two classes this semester. I don't know if we announced that already last beginning of these podcasts or not. But what are you teaching this semester in case we didn't? I'm teaching Old Testament survey, which is extremely, extremely challenging. So I've never taught at a Bible Institute. So, and I'm, obviously I'm not going to go online and take somebody's curriculum or buy some program, go make it all my own curriculum. Amen. And so I'm covering for the most part, one book of the Old Testament in one week. Now, Genesis, I took two weeks. Deuteronomy sure. was supposed to be one. So I did two on Deuteronomy, but I'm giving them an outline of every single chapter, the main stories, and then salient verses, doctrinal verses, summary. Like, it's a blessing. It's an awesome privilege and honor to do. I think people are enjoying it. And but it's very challenging, yeah. which is a blessing because I've been doing eBay for months now. So I'm on my own schedule, buying stuff, flipping Amen. stuff, trying to get by doing that. I hope it works out. It's I'm picking up slowly, but that and a doctrine class. Praise the Lord! Yeah, you're doing. Uh... Bible doctrine, and uh, I know you got a pretty big class there yeah. because that's um, the eight o'clock class after the Wednesday night service. And I was really thrilled to see how many uh, folks are taking that class. So that's, that's yeah, I think great. over twenty. Yeah, maybe up to twenty-five. Yeah, a lot of teenagers right. are taking it, and some of the ladies, and you know the men. So yeah, it's been a great mm. blessing. And then of course after you're done with your second class. Then we're doing prep and delivery 301, and uh, that's been good. Uh, watching the guys uh, develop their preaching, it's been a blessing. I get a, something from every message, so yeah, it's been a great blessing. Um, so with that said, we're not going to spend a lot of time. We want to get right back into the subject that we left off with, and that is final authority. And so we're at least going to do this podcast and possibly another. We'll see how this goes. And what we're talking about is what is your final authority? And obviously, here at the Word of a King podcast, our final authority is the King James Bible. And so that's what we're going to get into. And I think what we're going to do, Brother Brian, is I'm just going to kind of rehearse, go over some things that are pretty elementary 
to those that are Bible believers, but we know that we have all types that watch and listen this podcast. And I think that's what's been really encouraging, brother, is some of the feedback that we've gotten either through online or even in person. And uh, we had one individual that uh, um, started coming to Lighthouse and, you know, was using new Bible versions and was struggling kind of with the King James issue and watched our Final Authority episode and said she was convinced on the matter and, you know, realized that she needs to continue plugging along and learning the things that we're covering. So it's definitely very important and obviously uh, just a, a topic that we want to do justice to and make sure we get in depth and give some examples. You can go back and last you can go back and watch the last podcast that we did on this and you can see all the you know underlying facts the manuscripts the reasons behind but we we really want to get into some examples but before that i just want to lay out some bible facts uh, but brother brian any kind of you know words of introduction anything you want to say just to, before we get into those um just on these or yeah whatever you want brother yeah just some kind of general principles sure that we had talked about beforehand. One would be Colossians 1.18, which is a wonderful, wonderful verse. I know I say that a lot. Amen. <laughs> Familiar verse too. I yeah, say that is. a lot. <laughs> anyway, it says that he, talking about Jesus Christ, in all things. Now, would the Bible be considered all things? That, that's, that's a thing, that, right? That falls in all things. Okay, sure. it's a pretty important thing too, that he, Jesus Christ, in all things might have the preeminence. The first place in your Bible, in the church you attend, in your diet, in your job, in your yeah. speech, in raising your kids, and whatever you do, in all things, Jesus Christ should have the preeminence. If we only had one point, if we only had one verse to show these are of Satan, these are inferior Bibles, English translations of Bibles, that should do it for you. Right. If you're sincere and honest, and we'll get into it in just a few minutes here, we're going to show side by side, King James versus New Bibles, which one gives Jesus Christ the preeminent place. So that's kind of a, a main point to cover this yeah, issue. Amen. And just a couple more. One would be, and we, we got to see Brother Gene Kim up at Brother Gunther's Church Monday, and he a talked blessing. a lot about this. Yeah, it was, it was wonderful. And he mentioned about how the devil attacks the Word of God. And we covered that thoroughly, so I'm not going to get on that in the last podcast. But the devil is attacking the Word of God. He's a roaring lion. He's not retired. We, we all know yeah, that. Amen. Which one, which one is... Is the devil attacking? Which one has the devil's fingerprints all over it? These, which are pretty much all the same, same manuscripts, or the King James Bible. So we'll get into that. And just as we look side by side, it will be so painfully obvious, yeah. so clear, which one is the devil? Which one exalts Jesus Christ? King James, new, new versions. Which one is the, shows the devil's attack? Amen. New that, Bibles or King James? So that's kind of the main. I think that's a very important point, just to kind of talk about that just for a moment. Because again, this is a side that you don't hear those talk about who support the new version. Right. They just dismiss yes. that the devil's involved in the corrupting of the word of God at all. Like he's not corrupting it when the when the Bible clearly says that he is. And so if you believe that he's corrupting the word of God, then where's the corruption? Well, we'll point to the corruption. <laughs> we'll, we'll show you where the corruption is. But if you don't believe that is the corruption, then where is it? And obviously, it's just a very logical but very profound thought that we know the devil is corrupting the Word of God. He attacks the Word of God. Jesus Christ says, it is written, and the devil says, yea, hath God said. Yep. And there's a huge difference. And again, mm. I know we covered that, so we're not going to go back down that road. But just simply consider the fact that the devil is interested, but not only interested, 
is corrupting the word of God. So where are those corruptions and where is that work? Well, again, through this episode and maybe the next, we hope to show you where the devil's working. So both of those points, very good. Got, got some more just kind of basic principle thoughts? Um, one would be God is not the author of confusion. Yeah. And I've been in Bible study the first couple of years. I was at on churches that weren't King James. I didn't even know there was an issue. And we'd be at a Bible study. And I, I was given a Schofield King James when I was lost working at a gas station. And that's the only Bible I've ever used was a King James. Thank God. Praise the Lord how he worked that out. Amen. But I get to the churches and I'm at a Bible study and the pastor uses New American Standard. This person uses NIV. This person uses Living Bible. And they kept trying to get me to get a new Bible, but I wouldn't take their new Bibles because I started reading the Bible like crazy when I got saved and memorizing scripture. And I, I knew they were different. That's all I knew. But we'd be at a Bible study. What does your version say? Well, what does yours say? Or what does right. yours say? That's confusion. Absolutely. And God is not the author of confusion. And the last point is kind of similar. Paul said, I would that ye all speak the same thing. Mm. When a pastor gets up and, and reads from the King James or preaches from a King James Bible, and everybody in the congregation has a King James Bible, right. it makes sense. We can all follow along. Right. And a, a story I saw, not a story, it's an illustration Sam Gipp did, and I did it at my other church with this, is he had like seven people get up with seven different versions, and they all read at the same time, like Psalm 23 yeah. or the Lord's Prayer or Matthew 6, whatever. Right. And you can't tell what's going on. Yeah. You could have 500 people, 1,000 people. I've been in churches huge where somebody, they all quote the Bible together, King James Bible, and it's all perfect. Right. It's all the same thing. At least if they all use the NIV, it'd be one thing, but they're not. Right. They're all using 50 different versions that disagree over and over. And that's... Yeah. You know, churches used to do that, and I'm sure some still do that, where they all read together and read in unison. And, yeah, the uh, but, but yeah, but you can't do that when everyone's carrying a new version. It will nope. sound like mad chaos. It'd be mm -hmm. confusion there. And uh, think about that. We we know we're commanded to hide the Word of God in our heart. Yeah. Well, you hide the Word of God in your heart, and someone else hides a different you know version in their heart, and you go to quote it, and that's not it. No, that's not it. No, the, because it causes confusion. And uh, so, no, those are excellent just things to consider as we progress through this podcast and start giving you some examples. I'm going to go over some just very basic but profound truths that are internal to the Word of God. But uh, let me just give you five thoughts real quick, and then we're going to get into some examples. First of all, we know that the Word of God is pure. And thank God for that. We live in a very unpure world. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5, every word of God is pure. He's a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Obviously, you can only put your trust in him if you have his word, because that's all you do. That's all you know about him is what Amen. his word tells you. But the point is, every word of God is pure. And obviously, there's other references there too. But the first point, just again, the word of God is pure. Secondly, it is perfect. Uh, there's not one error. There's not one contradiction in the in the Bible. Uh, it is perfect from beginning to end. The Bible says in uh, Psalms 119, verse one, uh, 160, Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. So again, it is perfect. It's perfect from Genesis. It's perfect all the way to Revelation. Amen. Um, it's preserved, obviously, Psalms chapter 12, verses 6 and 7. We've, we went over those. We started those. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in front of the earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. And me and Brother Brian believe we found the words of God. Amen. We found the book. <laughs> we got it. Uh, 
Uh, I like this next one. Not only is it pure, not only is it perfect, not only is it preserved, it's to be praised. Brother Brian, you ever been accused or at least heard the accusation against King James Bible believers that we make the Bible to an idol? Yes. And, uh, you know, we ought not, you know, we're supposed to praise the Lord Jesus Christ, but we shouldn't praise the King James Bible. Well, not according to the word of God. The Bible says in Psalms 56, verse 10, in God will I praise his word. Mm. In the Lord will I praise his word. And uh, there's a couple other verses that say the same thing, but the Bible says we should praise his word. Do you think this Bible's word to be praised? <laughs> well, yeah, we're we're Bible believers. Yeah. And I know people who aren't quote unquote Bible believers, but are born again Christians. They read the Bible. They, some of them love the Bible, know the Bible. But th that's what you're supposed to believe. Okay, you brought up a point. Does the Bible say we should praise His word or not? What does the Bible say? It right. says we should. Then we should. Period. End of discussion. Yeah. Not. I mean, that's what a Bible believer is supposed to do. Can I comment on this one? Yeah, go for it. Either you quoted it and I didn't hear it, I but did. I did notice it. Yeah. You didn't quote it? No, I skipped that one. Yep. I think there is a direct correlation, and if you've had any dealings with people who use new versions, sure. there are some good people out there. I went to a church where there were people who witnessed and led people to the Lord who didn't use King James. But overall, generally, I'd say the people who don't use King James, sure. they're a weaker, milkier they don't love the Word of God as much. Sure. And could it be there's a direct correlation between your view of the Word of God as pure and how much you love it? Psalm 119, 140, sorry. No, thy word is very pure, therefore thy servant loveth it. Amen. If I thought there were errors and mistakes, and we'll get into some of these footnotes, well, this shouldn't be in here, this is in some manuscripts. Some manuscripts yeah. do have it, some manuscripts don't have it. You're not going to love it as much. That's right. We, we're, we're Bible believers. We believe this is the Word of God, every single word, every jot, every tittle, Amen. all 1189 chapters and all that kind of thing. So I think that helps us love it more by believing every single word is perfect. Absolutely. But you've got 50 different versions, and the Word of God is really whatever you think or John MacArthur thinks or your professor at Bible school thinks. You're not going to love it as much as you should or could. Absolutely. So and there's a connection there. There is a connection. I think, and again, that's evident you know, when you talk to uh, King James Bible leader versus you yeah. talk to someone who uses a new version. There's a less of a reverence. There's a less of a love for it. And uh, that's why I think they mistake our passion, and then they try to use their own thinking, and then they obviously make accusations that are unbiblical, like you shouldn't praise the Word when the Bible says you should praise His Word. But that's all comes from humanism, logic. Yeah. It doesn't come from the idea of what does the Bible say. And uh, so, yeah, that, that's, that's important. Uh, the last thing, it is powerful, and obviously Amen. very, very familiar passage, Hebrews 4.12. Yeah. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing and center of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. And boy, isn't that true? But uh, the word of God is quick. That, that means alive. Yes. And that book is alive. That book will read you as you read it. Mm. And so... So, you know, I want you to just consider some of, uh, of the truths that Brother Brian laid out about, you know, the confusion and which version gives the preeminence to Jesus Christ and how we're all supposed to speak the same thing. And then consider those, uh, you know, those, those five Ps that I just laid out. It's pure, it's perfect, it's preserved, it's to be praised, and it's powerful. And as we go through these examples, we just want you to consider these things. Again, we are settled on the issue. We know several of the folks that will watch and listen uh, to this podcast are se se uh, settled on the issue. 
but we also know there will be some that are not. And uh, we're not your enemy. We're here to uh, provoke you unto good works. We're here to speak the truth in love. But we believe this is a very important issue. As we said before, this is not just some hobby horse. This is just not something we get up in the pulpit and preach about and get everyone excited. Hmm. Uh, everything I know about my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, comes from this book. And uh, I'm thankful for it. So, Brother Brian, without further ado, why don't we get into some examples? And let's start comparing the new versions um, to the King James Bible. And we kind of, uh, you have them by some categories, so that's what we're going to look at. So why don't you go ahead and lead us off? Okay. Let's, let's uh, go over some of these. We're going to cover lies, blasphemy, attacks on the deity, missing verses, just some kind of general corruptions, amillennialism, and just some other little goodies, archaic words, probably over two episodes. Yeah. But the first category will be outright lies. Again, these are going to be, especially the first couple categories, are going to be crystal clear. You don't have to know any Greek. You don't have to know any Hebrew. You don't have to have an Amen. IQ above 60 or 70 to see. We're going to show you King James and all the new versions. And there will be variations here and there, but for the most part, they all say the same thing, the new versions. They're from the Greek, same Greek manuscripts and all that kind of thing. So it'll be very obvious. It's not going to, you don't need to know what the Greek or Hebrew or what James White says or what John yeah. MacArthur says or what does right. your preacher say or what do you think? It's going to be clear. Second Samuel 21, 19. Now again, some general principles here. Every word of God is pure. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away, Jesus Christ said. The Amen. word of God is somewhere. We showed you in the last podcast. It's not in the Greek text. It's not in the Greek manuscripts. There's over 5,800 of them. There's over 80,000 church father quotations. Where's the Word of God? It's either King James or it's nothing. Right. And I'm going to show you that these are 100% not the Word of God. Amen. So actually, logic proves the King James is God's preserved, inspired Word for today. 2 Samuel 21, 19. Some other principles, which ones exalt Jesus Christ? Right. And which one shows you is the devil's attack? So just remember that with all these. What version are you reading Second, there, brother? Oh, it's the NIV. NIV, all right. 2 Samuel 21, 19. In another battle with the Philistines at Gob, Elhanan, son of Jair, Origim, the Bethlehemite killed Goliath the Gittite. That's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> I think five-year-olds know who killed Goliath. Yeah. What is... You want me to read the King yeah, James? Yeah, read the King James. All right, so here's the King James, 2 Samuel 21, 19. The Bible says there was war, there was again a battle in Gob with the Philistines where Elahanna, the son of Jerogam, a Bethlehemite, slew the brother of Goliath the oh. Gittite. The staff of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. So again, you have slew the brother of Goliath, not slew Goliath. Yeah. What I read you in the new versions is a lie. Amen. That's the truth. Which one's better? It's pretty plain. And, you know, I, I've seen King James debates. I've I hear people discuss this and... I've even heard people try to justify that reading in the new versions. But like mm. I said, let's just remove all of the philosophy. Let's remove all of the facade. And again, who slew Goliath? We know who slew Goliath. So it was not what the new versions say. So there's no way around it. Like no. you said, it's a lot. Hmm. <laughs> What's interesting, I don't know if we want to, we kind of covered this last one. We're not going to get into the manuscript stuff, but the brother of, mm -hmm. is that in italics? It is. It is. Yeah. So the NIV and all the new versions that don't say the brother of are actually 
consistent with the Hebrew manuscripts. Right. Because the brother of is not in the Hebrew manuscripts. So the King James italicized it because they added it to it. Right. But that aside, whether they should have or shouldn't, which one's a better reading? That's right. This is a lie. Which one is true? And by the way, that shows you is one of Ruckman's things that everybody hates. Yeah. The King James is superior to right. the Greek and Hebrew. Right. Which one's superior? The Hebrew agrees with this. The Hebrew right. is a lie, just like this is a lie. That's right. The King James corrects the originals. Yeah. The originals I, don't exist. So that's the evidence that we have. I'll take the King James over the Hebrew. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and so you do raise a very important point here in regards to the italicized words. Those are italicized. And again, we can talk more about those another day. But what we do know is, is Brother Brian just said, that means that in the, the manuscripts for Hebrews, for 2 Samuel chapter 21, where it says, let me read the, see, the brother of is italicized. And that simply means that's not in the Hebrew. But the King James translators added it here, mm-hmm. and that made it doctrinally correct. Amen. Removing it makes it doctrinally incorrect. And again, so that shows, as you just stated, why the English King James Bible is superior to all of the Hebrew manuscripts because they do not contain that phrase. People hate that. Yeah, they do hate it, but it's the (laughs) truth because we know that, that David slew Goliath. Yeah. And therefore this rendering, this reading without the talicized is a lie. It is doctrinally incorrect. Now, I have my thoughts on this. I can't prove it, but just logically, I don't think this is a a big leap of faith. They just obviously have not found the manuscript that talks about the brother of. It's been destroyed. It just no longer exists. But that's why we don't trust in the originals. We trust in the King James Bible. And uh, so... uh, it wouldn't shock me if you know they find this big stro- trove of manuscripts and oh here's that Hebrew what said the brother of a long time that wouldn't shock me but again yeah. we don't need that that's happened yeah it's happened plenty of times yeah where new manuscripts have supported yep. the italicized words and so yeah I think that's uh, important that you bring that out um, do you want to before we move on do we want to talk about that more of the italicized or just continue on? no I would just mention go ahead uh, in First Chronicles twenty verse five. It's same verse, just Chronicles giving the account of it, and it says the brother of is in the Hebrew. Right. And the new Bibles will agree with the King James on that. Correct. So there's a verse supporting Second Samuel twenty one nineteen. Yeah, absolutely. It was the brother of, which we know it was the brother of. We know right. he, David killed Goliath, not that guy. So Yeah, exactly. And, and so, again, without going down the italicized trail right now, um, we just want to show some examples here. That, that's what trail. you also need, often need to do is, the reason it's italicized here and that it's correct because they have other manuscripts with that particular subject, that particular quote, and many examples in other places where there are manuscripts. So therefore, they were confident and put it in there. But but anyways, regardless of that, um, we know it needs to be in there because it makes the Word of God not a lie. <laughs> and these new versions all contradict the story of David and Goliath. So again, if you have a new version, I believe even the ESV does it too, doesn't it? This particular example, not do you sure. know? They, they all should. I, I'm pretty sure the ESV does too. The only reason I bring that up, that's you know more popular one nowadays. I left that one in church. Did I you? put it under there so we'd have it in. Sure. No, no worries. We can look it up. But why don't you at home? You can look it up. You can comment. I'm pretty sure the ESV does too. But the point is, if you if you don't hold to the King James Bible as the Word of God. 
Just open up your Bible, whatever version you have, read 2 Samuel chapter 21, read verse 19, and sit and meditate and think and consider. Why does it say, why does it read the way that it does? And why does it say Elahanna is the one who slew Goliath when you know that's not true? So that's just one lie. Let's let's go on. You got some more? I do. All right. I have three more. Hebrews 3.16. For who provoked him when they had heard? Indeed, did not all those who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Uh, no. <laughs> Why no, Mr. New American Standard? That actually is not correct. So would you read Hebrews 3.16? Yes. All right. So in the King James Bible says, for some... When they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. So some, not all. Yeah, there's a, that's a big difference. Yes, and it's a lie because Joshua, Caleb, right, the ones who were under twenty years old, entered the promised land that wandered in the wilderness. Not everybody wasn't killed. So, yeah, absolutely. And again, I think this is uh, another important aspect that I'll just comment on real quickly. And there's tons of examples about this. Oftentimes these, you know, King James versus new version debates, they kind of, they, and they have to, I understand you're limited in time. So they'll get kind of boiled down to some doctrinal issues like the blood of Christ or the name of Jesus Christ. And all, all that is important, no doubt. And then, and we do believe it attacks us. We're going to show some of those. But brother Ryan, wouldn't you agree that this issue stems so much further than just like important doctrines like you know some of those examples we gave in church where it's just the readings about child training and you know you read those and you write them in the new version it changes it completely so it's not limited my point is the changes in the new version and what they attack is not limited just to important bible doctrines I mean, it's throughout practical the Bible. Stuff. Yeah, practical, everyday living. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. You're not going to get the substance or or what God wants for you in those very important everyday practical living things. Those things are attacked also. And uh, I Every, don't think that's discussed much. <laughs> everything is, yeah, practical stuff, right. stuff on parenting, stuff on marriage, stuff yeah. on um, growing up in the Lord, eternal security. Like, everything is attacked. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So there's another lie. All right, let's All continue right. pushing on. John 7, 8. John 7, 8. Well, I'll read verse 7. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify of it that its deeds are evil. So Jesus is talking to his brethren, which mm -hmm. interesting, his brethren did not believe on him at first. Go up to the feast yourselves. I do not go up to this feast. Jesus speaking. I do not go up to this feast because my time has not yet fully come. Then I'll read verse 10. But when his brothers had gone up to the feast, then he himself also went up. Jesus lied to his brothers in verse yeah. 8 in this thing. He said, yeah. I go not up to the feast. Yeah. So not only, as we pointed out before, like with who killed Goliath, it makes the person who killed him a lie because that's not who killed it. In this particular example, Jesus flat out lied to them, right? Right there in the text. He said, I, don't, I go not up to the feast. Then you got down to verse 10 and they did go to the feast. But that's why every mm. word Amen. matters. And so the reading in the King James Bible in John 7, verse 8, he says, Go ye up unto the feast. I go not up yet unto the feast, mm. for my time is not yet full come. So he said, yet. 
He didn't tell me he wasn't going to go to the feast. He said, yet. And very simply, that follows the narrative that he sent them, they went. And then Jesus went also in verse 10, which is, which is true. But yeah, one word made Jesus Christ into a liar. So Jesus' integrity was shot by one word, just one change. Mm. And again, we're not talking manuscript evidence, and we could defend these, and yeah. we're not going to go on that, but like 1 John 5, 7, or 1 Timothy 3, 16, there's different, we can get in all that, and we're not. We're showing you, you don't need to know any manuscript. That's it's right. not about this man or that man or what this guy says or what this, the majority of scholars, blah, blah, blah. We're showing you black and white if you're eight years old and you know that you don't need to know anything. If you're eight years old and you know Jesus Christ and you know just a few doctrines, you know David and David killed Goliath, not right. Elhanan. Right. You know Jesus Christ probably didn't lie. Yeah. So you don't. Yeah. It's pretty obvious which Bible is the Word of God and which one is of the devil. So let's go back to your principle. <laughs> which one gives Jesus Christ the preeminence? Right. The one that doesn't make him lie. Yeah. Would, would get yeah. him the preeminence. Right. Absolutely. So there you go. Throw it in the trash. You don't need to know anything else. The King James Bible <laughs> gives Jesus the preeminence in John seven eight. It's more pure, I'd say. Every word of yeah. God is pure. Versus every other edition. It's more pure. It's perfect. And, and again, just use these principles as we go along and we give you these outright errors and lies in the new versions. Got another one? One more on the lies. Mark 1-2, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. Well, you know what the problem there is? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's another that, lie. Yeah, because it wasn't written there. No, it was not written in Isaiah. Right. And uh, so what does the King James Bible say? Well, the King James Bible says in Mark 1-2, as it is written in the prophets, behold, I will send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Again, obviously, um, so when it, it said it said Isaiah, right? It's in Malachi, but right. it said Isaiah. But it said Isaiah, yeah. like the new versions did. Okay, yeah. Um, that's, again, that's a lie. That's not true. Now, I know this example was uh, brought up at the King James debate recently, and that gentleman on the Reform Fundamental podcast was asked this, and then he went to some other verse and, and uh, tried to, I would say, wiggle his way out of it. But he didn't answer the question because the new versions make this a lie because it says there, it is written. doesn't say spoken. Mm. It says it is written. And it is not written like the new versions say. So, amen. <laughs> it's in, right. It's written in Malachi. Yeah. So, praise the Lord. All right. Next one. Yeah. Let's push on. Look at some blasphemies. These are, well, I guess lies are pretty blasphemous, but yeah. these are just as bad. Matthew 5, 22. It's a goodie. So, again, the issue is these these Bibles, and they don't have to be purposely, knowingly satanic worshipers and putting out corruptions. They're translating what the manuscripts say. Right. So like we said with Hebrews and Elhanan, the brother of, and all that kind of thing. That actually is an accurate reading, but which one's better? Right. They're translating the Greek text that they have that they believe is the oldest and best and all that kind of thing. They're obviously not the oldest and best text because they contain lies and blasphemies. Sure. But they are translating it according to the Greek text, the Nestle's 27th edition, 23rd, whatever it is. So... So before you read that, let me just interject. If, if you're not fully following what Brother Brian's saying, go back and watch the last podcast. Because when he mentions that they are translating the Greek or the Hebrew correctly, they are 
of the Greek or Hebrew that they use. And so I just don't want someone who missed the last podcast yeah. to think that there's not Greek or Hebrew for the underlying King James Bible. There is, and it is different. <laughs> it is different as we covered last time. And it's corrupt. So, yeah, it's we're corrupt. showing you. That's yeah. my point. Like they're doing their job. They're just Correct. translating from corrupt Greek texts. <laughs> and just to further that point, like you said, I don't believe, and I don't think you believe, and I don't know any King James Bible believer believes this, that all these translators just like, oh, I'm doing the work of the devil and yeah. let me deceive people. No, they're honest, sincere, but they're honest and sincerely wrong. Yes. And they're they're, <laughs> they're working from a corrupt text and they're translating a corrupt text. It may be accurate and they may be you know, scholars and they may be able to uh, read Greek and Hebrew and translate it, but it's corrupt. Yes. And that's the point. And that's... Planes, black yep. and white. Doesn't matter how smart, how many degrees they have. How uh, they probably know ten zillion times more Greek and Hebrew than we do. Right. It doesn't matter Amen. which one is here. It is English, black and white. Which one's better? Which one's exalts Jesus Christ? All right. So let's look at this one. All right, Matthew five twenty two. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court, and whoever says to his brother, "You good for nothing," <laughs> shall be guilty before the supreme court. Oh yeah. <laughs> and whoever says, "You fool," shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. Mm. There's like three things wrong with that, but yeah. which Jesus Christ was angry. Right. So it said Jesus Christ is guilty before the court. Yeah. Jesus Christ said, uh, fool. I don't, I guess according to this, Jesus Christ is, he sinned. He's guilty before the court, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And Jesus Christ shall be guilty enough to go into fiery hell. Cause because Jesus Christ did say fool. And he was angry. And so did Paul. And he was angry. He went in the temple and overthrew the tables yeah. and got a scourge, a whip, and all that. Yeah. So that's like, blasphemous. And like you said, so did Paul. So what's the answer? Well, the answer, again, we'll just keep saying this, is the King James Bible. And the King James Bible says in Matthew 5, 22, But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Now that... Interjoct, I just mentioned yeah, this. Good. Without a cause is not in these. It's not in these because it wasn't in the Greek text that they translated from. Right. So whether it's the Greek text or the English text, which one's right? Right. You don't need Greek or Hebrew. You don't have to know anything. That's right. This makes Jesus Christ a liar, yeah. a blasphemer, and guilty, guilty of hellfire. That this is blasphemy. Which which one's right? Yeah. They're 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 translating the Greek text correctly. The King James is translating from the Texas Receptus correctly. Right. But you don't have to know Greek to know which one is the Word of God and which one's satanic. Amen. Which one <laughs> gives Jesus Christ the preeminence? Amen. That's why we brought it up at the beginning. Obviously, the King James Bible gives Jesus Christ the preeminence yes. because Jesus Christ did get angry, but he had a cause. Yes. And therefore, he's not in danger of the judgment or the Supreme Council mm. Court or whatever it says and <laughs> yeah. you know, all the rest of the verse. And again, the point is, when you read these new versions, you study these new versions, that is blasphemous um, to to then take that verse and apply to Jesus Christ, which you should be able to accurately do because it's how the word of God is written. But the fact is, it says in the King James Bible, without a cause, and Jesus Christ did have a cause. So you can't remove that. If you do, you mm. then accuse Jesus Christ of sin. All right. All right. What's our next one? We got? Another one, Mark 10, 24. Well, I have this under blasphemy. It would more be heresy. It's not necessarily blasphemy, but it's not very good. Mark okay. 10, 24. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. Wow. Mm. 
It wasn't hard for me. No, not at all. I'm in the kingdom of God. Yeah, praise the Lord. I've been born again. I'm in the kingdom of God. And it wasn't hard at all. It was a free gift, and yeah. it's so easy a child can do it. But this says it's hard. Wow. Well, <laughs> the answer again is going to come in your King James Bible, Mark chapter 10, verse 24. And the disciples were astonished at his words when Jesus answereth again and saith unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? So, yeah, there, there's the qualifier for them that trust in riches. And, boy, that is true. You've seen that if you've done any yeah. personal witnessing yeah. and you go to the fluent neighborhoods mm -hmm. where they in their mind don't need God. Um, yeah, why? Because they trust in riches. Yep. So and that's the context is the rich young ruler comes to him right. and he says, give up everything you have and come give it to the poor, follow me. And he went away sorrowful because for he had great riches. Right. So yeah, if you trust in riches, you're like he said, <laughs> you're witnessing the people and they don't want to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. So again, just another example, which one is pure, which one is perfect and which one uh, gives Jesus Christ the preeminence. Obviously this is, uh, the words of the Lord. So let's go on to the next one. We got next Luke two, another blasphemy. Luke two twenty one twenty two will be the corruption. And when eight days had passed before circumcision, his name was then called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days for their purification, mm. that'd be Mary, Joseph, Jesus, mm -hmm. their purification, according to the law of Moses were completed. They brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. All right. Hmm. I don't think Jesus needed purification. He was virgin born. He was right. God the Father, the Holy Spirit was his feeding that man seed. Absolutely. So Luke two twenty two, and when the days of her hmm. purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, sounds better. They brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. And uh, yeah, I I was just thinking, you know, I was brother Brian. Feel free, obviously, to correct me, but I was thinking, according to law, I don't even think the male, the husband, needed purification, right? It was just, just thinking it. Yeah, I think it's Leviticus 12 gives yeah. the instructions. She's to wait 30, 33 days if it's a male and 66 yeah. days, and she offers purification or two turtle doves. And sure. Yeah, if she couldn't, right. For her cleansing, for a sin offering, and right. all that kind of thing. And obviously, the King James Bible definitely implies that, that it was for her, not implies, it says it, it was for her purification. So not only, not only just Mary's. Um, it was just Mary's, but the new versions imply not just Mary, but Joseph. And then also the implication could go even further to Jesus. Uh, but regardless, it was for her purification. Hmm. So, Amen. Let's keep plowing. Luke 2.33. And his father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. That's not good. I Joseph was not his father. Right, Absolutely. <laughs> That goes We're all going to hell if he was, because yeah. Jesus was a sinner just like us if Joseph was his father. Yeah, but it goes back to that virgin birth uh, issue. Not only was the virgin birth a sign, which it was, uh, but it was also a necessity because we know that the sin nature flows through the blood. That's why we all have the blood of our father, Adam, and then Adam all die. We also know just you know physically that the blood of the father um, you know, doesn't go to the baby. I'm sorry, the blood of the mother doesn't go to the baby. It's uh, uh, so the obviously the virgin birth, Jesus Christ gets his blood from God the Father. Mm. It's the blood of God. But um, which I think Acts 20 28, which is not in my yeah. notes, um, 
Feed the church of God, Acts 20, 28, yep. which he hath purchased with his own blood. And I think the new Bible's changed that one Ooh. just off the top of my head, but that's yeah. not in here. So, What reference yeah. is that, brother? Where am I reading? For this? Yeah. The, Luke 2.33. 2.33. All right. So obviously it called um, Joseph his father there, but the King James Bible is very careful in its reading, verse 33. And Joseph and his mother hmm. marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Sounds better. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously very important verse because it attacks um, the deity of Christ in a lot of ways. Again, because Joseph was not his literal biological father. And they'll try to point out that he's it calls him his father elsewhere. Yeah. It's Mary, Mary's words, right. which Mary's words is not given by inspiration to God. It records a lot of stuff the Bible does that isn't right. That isn't true. Right. But Joseph and his father, that's the Holy Spirit speaking. Right. So that has to be Joseph. You can't compare Mary. And that's just Mary talking to some people about, oh, yeah, her father yeah. and I saw these sorrowing before other people in the temple or whatever it was. I'm sure Mary referred to him as his father. Right. But the Holy, that wasn't the Holy Spirit speaking. That was Mary speaking, and it was just, it was, it's a different. It's not the same. Absolutely. And that's important why, you know, you need to study the context of these verses and what's being said around them. Um, but as you just said, the Bible's a very honest book, and it's going to give the dialogue, in mm -hmm. it, logically speaking. And that's how else would Mary refer to Joseph in a conversation about Jesus? So that makes sense. But as you pointed out, this is just a narrative given by the Holy Spirit. And the, the King James Bible is very careful in those examples not to call Joseph Jesus's father because he was not his literal father. And uh, so, yeah, those are those are great examples. Again, uh, we'll probably go through a couple more and we'll probably uh, wrap this podcast up in a few moments. But uh, again, just stop and consider. Digest what we're saying to you in regards. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah, digest it, eat it, chew it, swallow it uh, in, in regards to what we're telling you. And, you know, this again, you don't need to know Greek. You don't need to know Hebrew. You don't need to know the manuscripts. Which one, which version gives Jesus Christ the preeminence? Which one is pure? Which one is perfect? Which one does not make Jesus Christ into a liar? And of course, example after example would be the King James Bible. So let's, uh, what else you got there? Oh, by the way, I was, the first one was from an NIV because that has Old Testament or New Testament that I have. All the rest of those were from New American Standard, if it matters. They're all going to say the same thing. I got Contemporary English Version, Good News Translation, Living Bible, which the old Living Bible used to have cuss words in it. Today's English version. So I got all different. They're, they're, all, be they're the, from the same Greek text. They're all going to have the same readings. That'd be on the PG-13 version <laughs> of the Word of a King podcast. This one's PG. so The night realize, version. Yeah, we, we won't even air the old uh, readings. <laughs> so. All right. This is a... Could have started with this one as like the best. Isaiah 14, 12. Yeah. Talking about Lucifer and his sin before when he was Lucifer, the light bearer before he became Satan and a serpent in the garden and all that kind of thing. Isaiah 14, 12, how you have fallen from heaven. O morning star, son of the dawn, you have been cast down to the earth. You once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will send into heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. It mentions he'll be brought down to hell, the size of the pit. But it says how you have fallen from heaven. O morning star. Let me read. And so the emphasis there, and he's going to compare that with another verse, is it calls him the morning star. Revelation twenty two sixteen, which this would match King James, but I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you 
this testimony for the churches. I am the root and offspring of David and the bright morning star. Mm. So they make Jesus Christ Satan in Isaiah yeah. 14. And that passage, of course, I will be like the most high. I will exalt my throne. Yeah. I will be like the most high. The Satan wants to be like Jesus. That's right. And in the very passage, he leads these people translating these new Bibles and makes him Jesus. Yeah, right. Or makes Jesus him. Or yeah. It's so obvious. Yeah. And, and, and again, so that is... <laughs> You know, just we're excellent point to to start wrapping up this podcast because this is what I believe and Brian believes that where the spirit of these new versions from. Who else would want to be compared to Jesus Christ than the devil? Who else would want to conceal his fall other than the devil? And again, so let me say this again. I do not believe every person who's translated or he carries a new translation. You know, it was just, ah, they're tricking everyone. They're of the devil. No, I believe it's a spirit that's guiding them and leading them, and they don't even realize what they're doing. Uh, but when you start looking at these things, you can see how the devil is involved. So what the King James Bible says in Isaiah 14, 12, it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? So it's not the morning star that fell from heaven. The morning star, again, Revelation 22, 16, mm -hmm. is the Lord Jesus Christ. And those are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is Lucifer who fell. Now, if they, if a new Bible guy was here, maybe that podcast guy, sure, he would say, well, actually, Luc Lucifer is a Latin word and blah, 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 blah. Right. I could care. It doesn't matter. No, right. He's, he's actually right. Lucifer is a Latin word. Luke's Pharaoh, Lux, light bearer. Right. Who cares? Yeah, what does that matter? It's these called Jesus. They called Satan Jesus. Right. I don't care what the Latin is in the Hebrew. And actually, this or this. Right. Who cares? Which right. one's better? Right. And, and the so, education is deceived by wisdom. Absolutely, brother. And again, so say you are left alone and you don't have <laughs> the educated. You don't have the you know gentleman with a PhD behind his name to try to explain to you everything. Brother Brian was saying they may say, and you just simply have the word of God and you have one of these new versions and you know, you're diligent and you're reading and you find Isaiah chapter 14 and you mark down, Oh man, the morning star fell from heaven. And then you go to all the way you're reading your Bible studying through and you come to revelation 22, 16. The only conclusion you can come to is man, Jesus hmm. actually fell from heaven because that's what it says when you compare scripture with scripture. Yeah. So I'll ask you again, which version gives Jesus Christ the preeminence? These versions compare him to the devil who fell from heaven. You know, I, I obviously the gentleman that preached to me the gospel and I got saved and discipled me, he was a King James Bible believer. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. But uh, obviously still in my studies, I started studying the issue for myself. And when I came to this passage, Compared to Revelation 22, 16, I was convinced. I knew right away that the new versions were the spirit of the devil that was guiding these people to make these changes. And to me, again, it's, it's very clear. Um, so, Brother Brian, we'll definitely do another podcast. But why don't we just, I'm going to kind of turn over to you, give you closing thoughts. Any, anything you want to bring up, we're going to get into... Uh, Next week, we'll get into the deity and some other examples. We'll get into archaic words and show you some interesting facts about those and maybe talk about some other things. But uh, we'll, I do pray that you would consider these things. You would pray about these things. But any any final words for this podcast, brother? Uh, just be repetitive. But once again, like 
I got a hold of this issue. I was saved two years. I was given a King James Bible, but I, I didn't know what the issue was. I didn't know it existed. And I came across a witness into a Jehovah's Witness, and I showed him 1 John 5, 7, which is a great verse to show somebody that doesn't believe in the deity of Christ. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. I show him this. He says, that's not in the original. I was like, what are you talking about? I look in my Schofield Bible. There's a letter O. I go to the margin, and O in a Schofield Bible. Yeah. And it says, it is generally agreed that verse 7 has been inserted and has no real authority. I call my friend who gave me that Schofield Bible, who wasn't a Bible believer. He was Baptist and all that. He's like, yeah, he's right. It was probably added. It's not in the oldest and best manuscripts. It was only in a few manuscripts, which is true. Sure. So that's how I came across this issue. But... I don't know which one gives Jesus Christ the proper place. And I was, I got a hold of the issue, right? And I start showing these people in these, this NIV carrying and sharing non-denominational church and one or two like, wow, that's amazing. And that's what you should be saying. If yeah, you're not absolutely. sold on this issue, wow, it's calling Satan, Jesus. Wow. Jesus lied here. Wow. This is a lie. This is a lie. And I've had people, Tim Stevens, a dear brother in the Lord who had a hand in getting me saved. He's a pastor now, PBI grad. I showed him and we threw our NIVs in the Bible and we started yeah. showing everybody or in the garbage. I'm sorry. We start showing everybody, but then most people I show them this, well, I don't know. Or, well, they get, they care about the Greek and Hebrew or this guy wrote a book, James White. I was given James White's book and yeah. he has an explanation for all this stuff. I don't care the explanation you have. Do you have a Holy spirit? Yeah. Are you Amen. saved by the sinless, perfect Rose of Sharon? Like, well, how does this not offend you if you're not a King James Bible believer, yeah. but you don't need education. That's the Satan that is, leading you to think you need education if you don't need education for that you need the holy spirit and common sense yeah amen brother and I, <laughs> and, I, and I think it goes to the point you interjected more towards the beginning about how when you realize that the word of god is pure that you love his word amen. and so those when we can point out these differences when we can point out that it makes jesus christ a liar or changes the fact that lucifer fell from heaven it was the morning star and when you compare that that's actually jesus christ or elahanna killed goliath <laughs> instead of david or you know jesus doesn't matter if it says without a cause and you know you can explain away with all the you know manuscripts and that i think the issue boils down to what you said brother i just believe there's a lack of love for the Word of God. And I'll kind of conclude with this thought. And, it, and it's such a sad thought, but it's true. Brother Gene Kim mentioned this uh, at the conference the other day, at the meeting the other Amen. day, about you could not do that with Shakespeare. If you went to college and, you know, they were studying, you know, Shakespeare hmm. and these other writings, uh, you know, and start saying, well, let's just change this. Where people would be offended. No, because of its beauty, its richness, its depth. But yet, hmm. Christians are so passive and yeah. they don't care that the King James Bible, the word of God has been tampered with and removed. I think again, it boils down, you hit the nail on the head. It's a lack of love for the word of God. So I'd encourage you fall in love with Jesus Christ. You do that by falling in love with the word of God. Amen. Until next time, we pray for you. Pray that you do something for the Lord Jesus Christ. And we hope you tune in again on the next episode as we continue on with Final Authority. The Word of a King podcast. God bless. The key to understand the Word of God is for the author to show you what the thing says. If you understand that book, you get for the author. Then he opened their understanding.